Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. This is a headgum podcast. Stephen, do you want to start by maybe talking about when you and Lily went to a music show in high school, like an indie rock show? Yeah, that would be really interesting if Lily actually invited me to a concert in high school. Okay. That would, I, yeah, I guess, no, right. Okay, so cool. So it's a, a fictional story. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to do some fictional role play about Lily actually inviting me to one of her cool indie rock okay, concerts I'm sorry. in high you school said, that she thought that I wasn't cool enough well, to Well, you literally said the music I listened to was for like creepy losers and like scary gutter punks. I you didn't even want to go. That. Yes, you did. You were just like, that's like, you listened for is like trash people. I never said you that. You actually did. No, I literally never said that. You were just like, oh no, Stephen doesn't get it and like I'm going to cool things we're thrashing around and wearing makeup and making out with boys and like Steven's my fun gay friend I go shopping with him to Britney Spears concert and I'm literally just your Ken Paves and I'm just this absolute like stylist accessory the handbagification of the gay friend you are fully blocking out just like me do you want to get the diary do you want to get the diary do you want to get the diary who's that knocking at the door it's all your friends you filthy whore your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill it's hollywood it's books it's gossip i'm shook it's memoirs it's martinis it's studio 54 it's fellini one two three four celebrity book club read it while it's hot celebrity book club tell you secrets we won't talk celebrity book club no boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Say it loud and proud. Celebrity Book Club. Uh, wow, what a dope-ass recreation of our theme song in the style of uh, early 2000s indie lesbian rock. My jaw is truly dropped. Um, Steven just made that single last night. Yeah, dude. So it's just fucking inspiration. It's, Hit me. I went into the studio. Bam, it just poured out. You know, sometimes you lay down a track 45 minutes later, you're like, wow, I got a full 40 second hit out of that. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about songwriting. And we'll get into this yeah. because this week we're reading Tegan and Sarah's book, High School. Some people, music just pours 
out of them. Songwriting pours out of them. I, I really related to this scene when, you know, Sarah is first writing music. Music. And um, she's like, I n- no one ever taught me how to do it. I just, I found my stepdad's guitar and I just started strumming. I just started copying what I saw Courtney Love do on television. And then just, I just started making up lyrics to it. And, you know, that same th- shit happens to me. I sit down, sure, I have you know, 10 years of classical of piano formative classical piano. Of but absolutely uh, formula. And I did get into Juilliard and decided not to go. No, get out. I did absolutely not apply okay. to Juilliard. <laughs> but I did used to compete at like piano competitions and it was just like. Right. You've had a lot of formal piano training. And yeah. I'll say this. I had like a lot of, sem- not a lot of semi-formal guitar training, but I still feel like. Was how formal are we talking? I just had like guitar. Well, my math tutor did a half hour of math and then a half hour of guitar. Badass. Well, you know they say that music and numbers are deeply tied. similar. And then I took guitar lessons in high school. But I don't know. I feel like songwriting, like I play and I'm still kind of strumming. But songwriting, it doesn't pour out of me. Would he come to your house? My math tutor would, yeah. This is the guitar teacher as well. Yeah, he would do half math, half guitar. As you just described. As I said, so yeah, he'd come to my house and he'd bring his guitar. And it was wicked fun. Then he'd teach me songs I wanted to learn. That's fun. And then that. See, that to me is quite informal. Like, I would go to my piano teacher's house, which was completely insane and had all these, like, gilded, like, landscape paintings on the wall and so many fireplaces. And she, like, reeked of cigarettes that she would cover with, like, so much perfume. Well, that's, I feel like, classic piano teacher. They're, like, abusive and creepy. No, and, and yeah, and they're so Charlotte My dad fired his piano teacher as a child. What? (laughs) I know, it's just so I was born in a suit. Um, So pinky in the brain? (laughs) Yeah, just say, you're fired. (laughs) For what? Just like he, she was like abusive. I think she was just like. A, a, or or was she so she rapping on the fingers? Yeah, with I the think ruler. she was so slapping the wrist. Sure. And like my sister had an angry Russian music teacher. Mm. Before we got ahead of ourselves, yeah. <laughs> did we say what book we're reading? Sorry. So yeah. So uh, you did mention it, but okay, I just want to make it clear. So yeah. the book is by Tegan and Sarah, famous lesbian indie rock duo, and the book is called High School. And they it is are identical lesbian twins from Calgary. That is Canada. What for province? Is it in British Columbia? No, Alberta. That's not a province. Is, is it Alberta? I believe it's Alberta. Can we fact check that? I mean, I definitely realize, producer like, Meg, we cannot hear you. How little I know about beep beep fact check. It is indeed Alberta. I was Correct. right. Ah! Ding ding ding. Um, yeah, I don't know. Even though I had family friends from Toronto growing up, sure, and that's kind of a lot of my Canadian knowledge. Experience. It's more Ontario focused. It's definitely Ontario. Super Ontario centered, and we do actually do need to raise Albertan stories. No, we do because. In this, when they talk about going to Toronto, they're like so like small town being like it was loud and so much clanking was happening. Yeah, (laughs) and like they're more Calgary chicas. So I was never a Tegan and Sarah fan, I think because like I was a huge Ernie DeFranco fan and that I feel like precedes Tegan and Sarah's like ultimate lesbian music. And I think by the time Tegan and Sarah became popular, I had like only room enough in me to have one lesbian artist that I like because I had so much like self-hating homophobia that I was like, okay, wow. I'll allow myself to love Ani DeFranco, but the rest of the music I like is hardcore and like punk and it's men and they're Irish and they're Catholic and they're 
like women. Right. And and that's sort of what allowed you to explore your sexuality was like, I will have this entryway into like female empowerment, which will be Ani DeFranco, but I'm not going to become this sort of like, you know, mall consumerist, you know, lesbian. That's who lesbian. Just, oh, I'll pick a, up any CD. <laughs> yeah. Let me grab it. You know, I'm not some. No, I was very plant. anti-pride flag. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> From the beginning. And I remember first day of high school, I went to, as I've said, a very alternative high school, camera school Weston. Senior year, there was this gay guy running around huge raver pants. Mm-hmm. And we, Tegan and Sarah become ravers. So we'll talk about their kind of raver style. Huge raver pants, shirtless, bottle cap belt, pride flag suspenders. Horrifying. And I was like, <laughs> I never want that style. <laughs> And you never have Dom suspenders. Though I've I've wanted to wear like braces, like super thin suspenders Uh, before, but I think it's going to look like clownish on me. (laughs) I think that's a good good note. (laughs) (laughs) Good note, Lil. (laughs) You will look like a fucking clown. No, I mean, maybe after your top surge. There's there's room for braces. I I mean, as you know, I went through my phase of deciding I was punk and wearing braces and like... Which happened far in to our friendship, which is funny. I know. It was like 11 years ago and I was buying like those plaid pants from Trip NYC and being so braces and being like, I'm punk now because I've heard of one punk band and like listening to... And you got Fred Perry's and you got braces. Yeah, and... I know. I was wearing Fred Perry's a lot. And and I was also jealous at that point because I was like, I want to also buy so many Fred Perry's, but Fred Perry's are like 90 Apollo. Yeah. And you were like, Lily, I'm punk now. And like came home with like 10 Fred Perry polos. <laughs> <laughs> After dropping just 2K at the Fred Berry yeah. store in Soho. <laughs> One of the most punk things you can do. No, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, first off in this book, I would have to say I was like, so this whole book, um, I would say, is very different from the other memoirs we've read. It's like a full YA novel set in the 90s, like about coming out and coming of age. And, yeah. like, it's a narrative it's really not your typical celeb memoir. I just want to say, so, you know, typically the celeb memoir is, like, their rise to fame and, like, starting from nowhere and then, like, moving to the big city and becoming famous. This is just about high school, and it's just, like, the very little, like... It's very, min- like, Pen15, like, minute details. Extremely so like- Pen15 club, and just about their, like, interpersonal relationships with their, like, little squad in high school in Calgary. Um, and, like- and just, like, their parents being divorced and slamming the doors and being, like, and then we went to Dad's house, just, like, and then, like, I started to have a crush on Naomi, so we really, you really just fall. There's, there's a lot of fighting over the landline. Oh my God, a lot of fighting over the landline. You know, a lot of yeah. doors being unhinged because they're slamming them too much. I feel, kids these days, all right, let me tell you, they're never going to know what it's like. They don't know that sensation of picking up the landline when the phone rings and you go pick up and then your mom also picks up and you're like, Mom, mom I get got off. it! Mom! <laughs> get off! Mom, I got, no, it's, it's for me. I got it. And then she's like, okay, sweetie, just make sure you're in bed by 11. I'm like, mom, it's fine. We used to talk on our landlines. Oh, God. All the time. All the time. (laughs) We've discussed this in previous episodes. (laughs) Okay. Um, But I feel like we were less, I mean, I'm sure I was fighting over the landline with my sister, but I feel like she went to college by the time I was like. Yeah, my brother was old and weird and like wasn't using a landline and. Fucking fucking loser. loser. We were just talking around the clock. Yeah, constant ringling. You're a Sagittarius. I'm a Gemini, and we We just get we're obsessed with talking, chatting. We would watch the OC and then be silent silent during the show, and then talk at commercial. You don't do that anymore. Now it's just you're always in your phone, scrolling, texting. Don't get it. So Tegan and Sarah are very like our. I feel like our older siblings' age. They're like a little more Gen X. They're like forty, not to age us, but they're kind of like six years older than us. Maybe seven. Seven, maybe. 
88. Exactly. So they discovered music, you know, they were just gifted a Smashing Pumpkins CD when it came out. Like, they were like 12 when Cobain died. So actually, they're a whole lot older. Yeah, they're Not so that I said, much older, older than us. I mean, I don't know. They're, they're the same absolute generation because we had the same experience of discovering music by buying CDs and putting them in our, like, six CD changer in our bedroom. And, like, when she talks about getting that Smashing Pumpkins CD, like, Adore was one oh. of my first oh. CDs. I was actually like, so my, you are old. I am old. Well, yeah. my very first CD was Smash Mouth that my cool uncle gave me, and very then cool. and then like my second round of CDs was Adore, and then the Titanic soundtrack. <laughs> Wait, I was also a mix where, okay, the first CD I think I bought, or maybe it was the first tape, was like Salt and Pepper, very necessary. Okay. Very cool. But then also Old I got school. gifted like the Grease original Broadway soundtrack. Right. So kind of like two things where I'm like, hell yes, like rap chicks. But then it's like, mm, you were also a faggot. Yeah, <laughs> Just you like, were also like a 55-year-old gay, gay man. man. <laughs> here's the Grease soundtrack and the Guys and Dolls soundtrack. And I was like, I also want TLC and... No, I, you know, and, and CDs allowed you to explore those various interests and you were kind of like stuck with what the CD gave you, sweetheart. Well, and I wonder with, and again, we're going to sound so old, but it's like truly reading this relating so much where it's just like the music you listen to becomes your complete identity. Like I, in my, to bring it back to my diary, I would just write down lists of bands. Like I don't even think they were in an order of who's the best. I would just be like Dark Buster, Dropkick Murphys, like Usher. And it's just like, Okay. You know, as I've said, I was more insane and like really into sort of the business side of the industry. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was always weekly. I was always buying like CDs at Newbury Comics to just like boost their first week sales because I thought it was like really important for, for like our listeners. Just by the way, Newbury <laughs> Comics is the most iconic alternative chain in the New England area of like CDs. And now obviously like they've had to pivot and it's like way more you go in and it's like mostly Star Wars lunchboxes. And it's a lot of those like weird small little figurines dolls with, and like with big heads. novelty yeah. socks. Do you, okay so in this oh, book my, I was at Strand the other day, it was like there was a whole wall of socks it's just like nerdy straight culture is like the only culture that it produces <sighs> any money stuff. for the economy anymore. So it's just it's socks with fucking little planets on them as far as the Bring eye can back see. Bring CDs. Literally. What happened to real culture? Okay, so I want to jump to the total middle of this book when they go to Atlanta to visit an aunt. Oh, and they go vintage shopping? And they go vintage shopping and they go to like the cool area. It and it's totally a- <laughs> reminded me of going to Savers for the first time and Ugh. like coming back with a haul for 30 bucks and getting just like a leather jacket, a puffy blazer, uh, new shorts, like crazy 70s pants. And also, just... again, that's when thrift stores were like 99 cents and it wasn't like thrift stores are Kirkland stuff from Kirkland now. They're like $13.99. You're like, yeah. miss me. Fucking but scam. so their style was like huge pants, tons of stripes, sweaters. And their thrift store that they reference all the time in this book is Value City. Which made me think of Village Thrift in Chicago. Oh, the most iconic thrift store ever. I mean, I will say, I bet that thrift shopping is good in Calgary let's just you know let's state the obvious thrift shopping is better the closer you get to the center of the country because thrift shopping on the coast save for South Florida which has some amazing gems and probably maybe the North Carolina coast no but if you're in you know but you know New New York New York oh my god it's completely picked through like because we're all such vintage hounds we're all vintage hounds A but then B the source material is not that great either right you want like more totally ridiculous old grandpas granny shit and like weird 70s shit like I'm high school it's like right like I feel like I was finding such insane retro pieces at Savers that you just don't 
find anymore. But you also had, a, I think, a, a different style ethos back then. Yes. As well. No, I mean, I was much more 80s and like much more retro. But if I wanted to go into a thrift store like a Savers today hmm. and like wanted that same like completely like Taz 80s basketball sneaker. I don't want you in a big Taz I'm not, 80s I'm not basketball saying, sneaker. I'm not saying. Let's step away I'm, from lunchbox okay. I'm lesbian say, culture. I'm saying hypothetically if I wanted to go back to that right. I don't think I could get that at right. like a Boston Savers. Sure. That's all I'm saying. And, and in, what and we've co- lost when we talk about Taz sneakers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, wait, And I remember when you visited me Chicago maybe this was me gatekeeping again as you said. <laughs> it's like I, you were at NYU of course so like you were just going to Zara and maybe some St. Mark's place and I was like I was going to APC I was going to Mark by Mark that's what I'm saying you were like you know actually shopping 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 with a capital S (laughs) and I was like this is Village Thrift like me and my friends like we go here and we buy ridiculous shit we only bought like so much I remember the first time I visited you and a a one Miss Mickey Blanco picked went into American Apparel to get a copy of Vice and was just like I need to get the newest Vice and like grabbed it and like and I was just like, oh, what's that? He was like, oh my God, Stephen, you don't know what vice is? <laughs> it was so Tegan and Sarah. And I was literally just like, oh my God, the cool alt kids are being just like, wow, you've never heard of this awesome magazine. Let me school you on this. Which is insane not to call myself like cool again. But like, I discovered vice on a trip to New York City when I was 11. Uh- all right. And I went to the West Village and I was like, what's this cool magazine? Here comes Patty Smith again. <laughs> sorry. I guess yeah. I didn't show it to you. Yeah, sorry. On I was one of our sleepovers. during the Reagan years. <laughs> I guess you weren't there. Here's the thing. My main takeaway from this book is like, I'm so jealous because this whole book, they're constantly hooking up yeah. with like all their best friends and not to brag, but. I wasn't hooking up with anyone. No, same. I was just like, wow, I really like did not have a sexuality in high school. And I was like so closeted and I just, you know, never had that outlet. And they were like, you know, sure, they were, you know, had to sneak out with their and we were sneaking out and lying to our parents. But we were lying to our parents to go see Kathy Griffin at a (laughs) casino and then like drive home. We weren't going to a rave and dropping acid. Right. And then just like wastedly like making out with someone of the same sex and then just being like I like you Uh, and them just being like taking another hit of acid and like walking away I mean I I couldn't have even imagined kissing a boy in high school Except for that one time I kissed Charlie Nisley at a cast party. Right. And I had my one makeout and then it was at so... the Harvard party. My one makeout of high school. Wait, with Kelly Zutra? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's my first kiss. Who now is a famous indie singer. So in a way, yes, I'm a small character in this book. It's more like Kelly writing <laughs> no, this. Oh, we all yeah. are. I mean, I remember it was so when I invited Charlie Nisley and a few other people over to my bedroom and we were like smoking weed in my bedroom. But I wasn't because I like didn't like weed. You were like, ew, that, see, that's what I'm and saying. Then, and, I'd, and I'd engineered the other girls in the room to leave so that I'd be left alone with this guy that I had made out with at this cast party for just like Man of La Mancha or whatever. And then uh, after we were alone, it was like maybe 15 seconds went by when he was just like, well, I gotta go. And they just like got up and left. I mean, that is so this book, though. Yeah. And I remember my heart was pounding and I was like oh my god it's gonna happen and like we're gonna be boyfriends now and then it was just like he's actually gonna bounce no I mean not to expose this wild tale I also thought me and Kelly <laughs> were gonna be girlfriends no, and well, that and no, yeah no I mean it was like the other time okay so remember my very first hookup in senior year when I had that three-way kiss oh, with, with 
two yeah. people. Two people. We will not yes. mention. And one of them like went down on me for like two seconds. And I was like shaking. I was like, and he could tell I was so nervous that he just like stopped because I was just like so scared. I brought some gay guys from my cool high school to Steven's house. For like an 11 person party that was like a themed party. And I remember after that being like, okay, so we are dating now. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. <laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more doctor roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. One high school party they go to, which is so the party you had where stuff got stolen, like a friend is like, I'm going to host a New Year's Eve party because like to get popular. And they like, and they're like, don't do it. And then this girl's house gets so destroyed. Someone's shits in her washer dryer. There's like blood strewn all over this like 90s carpet, just like tire tracks in the house. This this literally happened to me where there was this crystal ball at the end of the banister of the stairs in our house that someone stole. They also stole a like gilded mirror off the wall that just disappeared. And then I and it was like my parents like came home like the next day and it was like so messy and I had to be like so I guess like I truly have no other excuse and I have to say that I had an insane rager and like stuff got stolen and they were like so mad. And then ugh, this is so pathetic because I was being so like trying to be popular and I remember on Monday morning at school when I walked into the assembly room the whole school like applauded. Stop. No, they erupted applause and like all the like asshole like creepy rapist like senior guys were like clapping for me. We're like fuck yeah dude. Like hell yeah like rager of the century. But then I had to like reach out through intermediaries like 
to some of like asshole jocks to figure out like who stole the mirror. And then I like did awkwardly get the mirror back and the crystal oh, ball Oh yeah, back. they brought them back. Yeah, they did like in the school parking lot. It's like, okay, so you just like steal objet from like random other suburban homes just to like hold them for three days and then give them back. I mean, that's what being high school is being ultimately like super random. Yeah. Like mm, I was always like stealing popcorn from the movie theater trash. And like, hello, we were always like stealing movie billboards. Like I would never disrespect a home and steal a mirror. Yeah. I, the mirror is weird because like, you're fully lit. It's like, hello, stealing a movie poster is a victimless crime. No, it's just like, and it's because they just throw them out of the movie theaters. That's what's so infuriating. I would like, I feel like all the time in high school, we would be like, can we have it? And the movie theater would be like, no. <laughs> okay, so this is my theory of maybe like why I didn't hook up as much as Tegan and Sarah did in high school. I think when all throughout this high school book is there's like, are having girlfriends and having these like slumber parties and their dad like gives them their lake house and they like both go there with their girlfriends and they're like having sex but they were still not like admitting to themselves that they were gay they were just kind of like oh well we're just like two twins who have really long hair we're huge jeans and like huge shirts but like we're closeted and I kind of think if I I feel like I was too conscious of my gayness that I couldn't have accidental oops hookups with girls where I was like oh my god it's just like literally a joke like we're just like impressing guys like it's actually who cares like I don't care like I was too invested well A you were too invested yeah B you were too self-aware you weren't like I'm exploring you were just like no I'm a lesbian yeah <laughs> you weren't just like, oh, weird. Me and my like best squad of like long haired femmes are all having sleepovers, and, and like just, things like, are getting weird. And we're going to rave. It's weird. What's happening? Like, because then they would just you be just like, had like such a like misfit squad of just like faggots and just like other bisexuals, and like it wasn't so like, oh, like we're having this oops fem sleepover. Right. I then I was too nervous because it's like the biggest fear in high school is to be is for some girl to be like, ew, like stop staring at me. You're being such a lesbian, or like, ew, the lesbian and staring at me and that was my biggest fear to be like the the stereotype of like a creepy lesbian which I think stems back from pull out some traffic here I had a crush on this girl in 6th grade and we like literally did she was super tall and is now no I actually never had a crush on my best best friend but you kissed her and realized you were gay you always get that story wrong Sorry, I have a blind spot when it comes to women and their history. Okay, I realized I was gay when I was at the Blue Man group with, like, my entire sixth grade class. And it was, like, I think the Blue Man group said to, like, kiss the person next to you. And this other girl kissed me or something in my class. And I was, like... And you felt a jolt of electricity electricity in your The Blue Man group electricity. (laughs) And I was, like, oh. And I think I had already seen the Savage Garden video that also made me gay, where I had a crush on the girl I, mean, I think Blue Man Group, like, makes people gay. A, no, isn't it Canadian it's... to begin with? I feel like... Probably. It's either Chicago or Canadian. The same thing. What's the difference? <laughs> it's called Everyone's Weird. Like, my insane nanny, who was friends with Marilyn Manson and had the Florida Ceiling Tour Amos poster and went to such the dragons. Okay, which is very Tegan and Sarah room. Which is so Tegan and Sarah room. She took me to Blue Man Group for, like, the first time, and I remember just being like, I'm seeing things I've never seen before. I'm seeing toilet paper used in a way that is not the way that it's supposed to be. <laughs> like, all of this is making me rethink the world. And, like, something in me unlocked. And I was just like, there is a future. Wait, it is so gay because one of my friends who is, like, the stage manager 
or oh. was for Blooming Group for like two years. Right. So proven. And yeah. she's the one that like constructs all the putty and I mean, the I toilet think, paper. I think most stage managers are lesbians right. in, in general. A gay like, job. No matter what the show is or the venue, like a lot of tech folk. Um, can I read you an erotic passage? Yes. Maybe this will bring up some memories. So Sarah of the twins, she starts dating one of their friends first. And Tegan like still thinks she's like straight and like likes the guy who likes Green Day, which again is very me and Alex Park. Oh, okay, I did want to ask who you done it with more. So Sarah is the younger one by 10 minutes and I, maybe I'm projecting, but the whole book I kept thinking like, Sarah's actually the smarter one and she's kind of like more of an eloquent writer and like I kind of identify with her more and she's more like observant. But I think I, I was completely projecting because she's 10 minutes younger and I'm the youngest sibling. Well, I do have to say I was more involved in Sarah's story because she was hooking up first in the book. So yeah. I was kind of like, can we get to the Sarah chapter to like get to more sex? Because you were horny. Because I was horny and then Tegan is still just being like, shut up, Sarah, and like slamming a door and like dating the spiky hair guy, Spencer. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So, Sarah is dating Naomi before like Tegan's like sleeping with a girl. And Naomi, who also, who, who I guess is still like their best friend, suggests like they write erotic fantasy notes to each other. And so, this is Naomi's note to Sarah of her fantasy of what they do. And it's just so funny in high school. No one's home, so I invite you over. When you arrive, we decide that we're pretty hungry, so we order food. The pizza man says it'll probably take about one hour. While we wait, I start kissing your body all over, playing close attention to that place, in quotes. The doorbell rings, but neither one of us gets up, because suddenly we aren't all that hungry for pizza. We both agree that a shower would feel great. In the shower, not surprisingly, we don't rest. <laughs> we still go at it, making each other feel unbelievably good. I love how it's just like they're never like saying they're just like, and we're still and we're making, making each, each other, other feel good. <laughs> when we get out of the shower, we decide we're kind of hungry now, so we each have a piece of chocolate cake. We have it all over each other and then lick it off. Good cake, especially the icing. We return to my bedroom, still making each other feel wonderful we fall asleep in each other's arms naked okay so the delivery guy has just been at the door no, that's this whole time. I'm like, I'm sorry. This Domino's, the um, Alberta. Sorry, this, this Alberta essential worker is <laughs> yeah. just like sitting in the actual like negative eight Celsius. To... And probably like you have to pay with cash. He's never no, gotten this is his pizza. Contactless delivery. Cancel Tegan and Sarah. Cancel and Sarah. Um, two, it's also so just like high school where you're kind of like always like so hungry and blazed and just being like, it's ice cream and pizza and just like cake. The book is, the only who they mention is pizza in this book. I mean, and it was like high school. I no, don't know. You're ordering, yeah, yeah, ordering years, pizza. Man. I was also, it's so, I was thinking about to like what you think is like going to be like sexy adult things you do is. Oh, of course you think that like. Covering each other. Because you've seen like, what's Varsity the... Blues where she covers herself you've in the whipped that, cream. You've seen like the ad for Varsity Blues because it's whipped cream. There's another movie where, I, is it, I feel like it's, what's the movie with Meg Ryan where like. Uh, that has the Goo Goo Dolls theme song yes. where he's like watching her and yes. it's like what movie is that? Isn't there a scene where the guy she's fucking like puts chocolate syrup on his dick and like goes back to like Whoa, she sucks it off? Well, you don't see the blowjob. So, City yes, of okay. Angels. This might be completely the wrong movie. <laughs> okay, but, but there is a scene it, that I remember but again, like that's something you think of where you're like you don't have fantasies yet so you're like, oh, fantasy is like sex plus another idea and that would be food. <laughs> and that would be food. And it's chocolate syrup. It's sushi. It's whipped cream. And we're constantly just and like, licking foods off of I, each I, other. I've literally like never done this, like ever. 
with any, any relationship. I just remember a good friend of ours saying that he once put honey on his asshole for a guy. <laughs> and the guy was like, Winnie the Pooh vibes. Don't ever do this again. Like, this was so weird. It was what? like so sticky. And, and then they were all just like stuck in there and just like sticky. Like he and surprised him with a little bit of honey. Wow. And then the guy like went down on him and was just like, oh, gross. Yeah. No, thanks. Have you ever fooded? I'm trying to think. If I've, like, whipped creamed, maybe. Or maybe, like, a corned beef hash. <laughs> right. Well, you know, this, I feel like you right, think it's like, oh, like, gardeniera, meatloaf. No, I feel like maybe once I, like, whipped cream, but that's also is probably me, like, also thinking that that's something you should do. Yeah. And not, I mean, like, I'm very, like, I don't like to eat in bed, crumbs in bed, ew, gross. Like No, I'm not, yeah, trying to bring, I'm a messy eater, so I'm not trying to bring that in. It's I guess I could see myself so like I'm with like my lover in Mexico City and like well you're eating like succulent fruit super super fresh like street mangoes (laughs) (laughs) but not just like and then we cut this three layer supermarket (laughs) cake and I rub it all over you no and it's like the most Entenmann's Canadian (laughs) and then I feel bad for the girl Naomi because then she's like she gets this no and she's like loved it and then obviously Sarah is still too nervous to write her fantasy note. She's probably is like, so my fantasy was what the stuff we already did. Well, no, her yeah. fantasy was being watched. Oh, her right, fantasy right, right. was like much more of an actual erotic fantasy. Yes, I forgot. And well, just also it's once being watched, but also like being able to come out. Mm. Mm? Honesty. Honesty. There's a lot of in this book finding a lot of diaries, a lot of finding notes, a lot of leaving notes, and like other girls finding them. Yeah, I mean the sort of the physical ephemera, right? And what we've lost with the transition to phones. Mm-hmm. But there is this scene in the book where her friend in class is like, um, yeah, remember that old upholstered chair you gave to me a year ago? <laughs> yeah. uh, I found the sex note that you stuffed inside the cushion. And so now I know about you and Naomi. And it's like, what? What? Yeah, and it's like, what? Okay, so you're you gave... Stu- you're writing so many sex notes that you're stuffing them into random cushions and then yeah. giving the chairs to and friends And it's like already being so queer exchange and she's giving herself this, like, <laughs> no, her that... friend this old chair. That was so queer exchange where it's just like, I have this, I have, like, six used glass dildos yeah. and just, like, they have been washed and they are, like, water-soluble and, like, I, I will be willing to give you my sex swing for 30 or best offer. And it's like... And they're, like, lightly used, everything? like, CW warning, just, like, I've used this with an ex, like, who was... Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> who was canceled like in Minneapolis like six months ago? Also, it's so classic lesbian. Um toxic pimp about both Tegan and Sarah is that like the whole book they're just being like oh like and I'm sure this was happening like you know girls would say like I you know I like you but I'm also still dating a boyfriend we had to like be secret but it also sounds like they're kind of breaking hearts whichever way they go a little bit like you think that they're being careless with other people's feelings no I just mean I'm sure she like they're both breaking each other's hearts it's like high school Naomi like this girl Naomi who wants to eat cake all over her goes to Montreal right and gets like a hot French boyfriend Frederick and is like yeah we're having sex and Sarah's like I don't want to hear about it and then she's like yeah I mean I thought it was very callous of Naomi to tell no I agree but then about the relationship I mean it was extremely callous let's say it and obviously on some level you know you do that to let the other person know that you do still care about them in this way 
because you like want evidence that they're gonna be hurt by you because like you want to know that like they're gonna be mad they're gonna be mad and that they care about you because you care about them but it just it still feels mean and it still feels awful well and she acted like they had no thing like their thing was such this just like little girl relationship yeah I mean as you know I'm pro secret I think everything should be kept from everyone at all times and like you should really make sure that you are not hurting people's feelings um but then Sarah clearly was into their other friend Naomi that she ends up dating, who's like a total raver. Oh, wait, I want to. No, you mean Zoe? Sorry. Yeah, Zoe. And sorry, she just fucked her. Yeah. yeah, and sh- all the rooms that they describe are so amazing. It's just like Zoe's room was different. It was a huge Bob Marley poster, no, tons of Bjork CDs. <laughs> and this is this is your teenage years, you know? You you are defined by the posters on your wall. Also amaz- amazing scene in this book where they find the Murmurs CD at Target when they're, like, visiting some family member and they beg their stepdad to buy it for them. The Murmurs is Leisha Haley's band, Leisha Haley of Alice and Elward. And the dad, stepdad is so epic and, like, sings along with them. And he's being like, yeah, like, you suck, like, in his truck. And he's such an ally. I mean, the parental support in this book is interesting, you know? It's like they listen in to them playing guitar and the parents are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, you guys are so talented. Like, you should record those. Like, they're super, super encouraging. And it is very, like, the whole time you're kind of just like, okay, I'm waiting for, like, the trauma. I'm waiting for something bad to happen. And it's kind of just like, okay, literally nothing bad ever ever happens and you're just like no that's what was kind of not that you need trauma and maybe that's kind of like refreshing in a way that it's just kind of honest and they're not pretending that they have like this horrible experience but I'm a little bit just like is anything bad ever gonna happen well I think it's just like we're trained for a lot of these coming out stories to have so much trauma and it's like I don't know like in a way it is like yes there's a lot of like drama because like friends are being like I'm straight I'm like you know sexuality drama and like they feel like they can't come out but like they're not getting abused like there's no like crazy homophobia like their friend group seems like pretty funky and there's some like very fun photos in the book of like all of them like no and the bullying is like one guy puts gum in her hair once it's just like that's as bad as it gets oh well there is a scene where they have like one homophobic uncle that is very funny and then the aunt calls him a prude because that's when they go to that garage style store called the junkyard's daughter or whatever and some aunt is like i saw two girls kissing and then the uncle's like, what on earth are you taking my daughters like to see? And he gets so mad. And she was just like, stop being such a fucking loser. Yeah. And then T and Sarah both like do like burst out in tears. And they're just like screaming at him that he's being homophobic. I have this image stamped in my mind mm. getting off of the Porter Square train station, which was my train station. And seeing these like two punk girls kiss. Fuck. Yeah. And they had both had like bought those like wigs, either like wigs or bobs, like but that punk bob with like a brightly colored dyed hair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and they kissed and I was like, fuck, can't wait to be that. And I think I thought I was going to be so colored, Bob. And so like pink and Bob and leather jacket. In the queer community, like you come out and like you get a girlfriend and it becomes Bob and suspenders. Yeah, I thought I was like, oh, okay, so I'm just going to be exactly that. And I'm also going to have like a girlfriend. Mostly I just thought they were both hot. And I think in my mind, I thought I too was going to be like. Tiny leather jacket, pink yeah, bob. Well, this kind of earlier, I, I, it kind of made me wonder, like, you know, how much of homosexuality is narcissism, mm. right? And how much of that desire is driven by a desire to self-sexualize, right? How much is the autoerotic? Because you are 
Okay, Foucault entered the building. Because <laughs> you are, see, you know, you are, you are attracted to, on some level, you are attracted to something that's more reflective of you as opposed to something that is more, you know, that, it, that you are raised to believe is the opposite. True. Though I would say my type is very not me in the end. As in, this is the end, I guess. I'm not a, a well, clone okay, fucker. Actually, but see, then I was thinking. Yeah. As oh, I was interesting. reading. I was, okay. I actually had some thoughts. Yeah, no. As I was em. reading this book and I was just kind of like, I feel like you as like this sort of like Staten Island Republican are sort of like rarer amongst the lesbian community. Because <laughs> you're always just like, yeah, like a nice little femme girl with all your tits and ass. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like the way that they describe me attracted to girls is like, they're more kind of like... You know, lesbians are always like, oh, they're more attracted to other things that aren't necessarily the physical form. They're attracted to power and intelligence. And it's like... The way she spoke, the way she carried herself, the way she walked. The way she talked about semiotics. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas gay men, for example, I think are like, you know, are a little bit more tend to be, at least in practice, maybe more superficial or more like they're attracted to what they are like and they're like oh I want to look like this and that's also what I'm attracted to though I think lesbians are like that too they just like mask it no pun intended more with just like random emotional stuff right and then that emotional play becomes actually gaslighting in and of itself exactly like I feel like well, you know, everyone, each community has their own. From Calgary. From Calgary to, to northern Calgary <laughs> to British Columbia. Like, yes, I think, well, so it's, I think it's easier. I don't know. It was like gay guys to be like a clone fucker. Well, sure. And it's just like, you know, we're more like visible and like there's more clubs for gay guys, et cetera. More right. But I meant just like, right. It's like when kind of in history of lesbians, it's like butch femme. And then by the 70s, everyone was like, oh, butch femme is disgusting because like you should and try to look like a man right. that was so second wave and it got so like turfy and then oh, well okay this was actually also my other point which was that every single book we've yes. read has done this but when they describe like coming into their bodies and how awkward they felt so and it's awkward always this insane thing where they're just like bragging about how thin they are how small they are but how tall yeah. they are <laughs> and just being like yeah I had these like huge breasts that were so feminine so I had to hide them because I was so tiny and everyone thought I was like this tiny little boy and I was this tiny little girl and I was so tall and tiny and thin and small and, and huge gangly, and had this long brown hair. And I was hiding under coats and I was hiding under dress. I had long hair. I was so glamorous. I was a model and I couldn't be a model. The only difference, I fully agree with you, the only difference with this is that like they are gay so it's like their style was massive, huge band well, t-shirts and huge jeans. Exactly. Which, but um, what's interesting is I do feel like that is, as they describe it, is like motivated by, you know, trying to avoid the male gaze and trying to like not be seen by men and not be like ogled by men or not be like you know, seen as an object of desire by men. And I was like, oh, in this way, I feel like lesbians are not... Quokes. Wait, no. It's like lesbians are not (laughs) attracted to the same thing that, like, straight men are attracted to in the way that gay men and straight women are attracted to the same thing. That's very true. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Amazing point. I do think maybe that's been said before. But it's like, you know what I mean? Because it's like straight girls and gay guys are both seeking the male gaze. In this yeah, way, they're right? seeking the male gaze and they're also maybe like seeing, being like, oh, I want to look hot Even in if this I'm like traumatized way. by the straight male gaze and by jocks and like by all the guys who stole my mirrors. This is also, I, I feel like when I got to college, like I didn't get that. I feel like I was still kind of like thinking, I don't know. I didn't get that, like, maybe you did it. I still was kind of, like, in BBNN mindset where I was like, you still have to be a size zero and, like, didn't get that, like, 
other like girls I was asleep with like did not care. I mean, maybe some did. I'm just saying like, <laughs> I'm just saying you usually you don't have to be a size for the vibe I'm putting out. Like I didn't need to be a size zero, right. but I also still all and to this day like still feel insecure sometimes that I don't have that Shane. Right. Totally androgynous, sure. like, you know, stick thin in a less like queer way, whatever of like, oh, I'm just like, don't have this boy body. And I'm like trying to put my curvy Sicilian body right into. And, it, and you know, I think Chicago in many ways is very welcoming of like <laughs> of all shapes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why SAIC is a great destination for me. And I mean. Talk about the reason I went to SAIC mostly is because I saw the most lesbians there that I did when visiting colleges. Wow. As compared to others. I was like, no lesbians at Mass Art. And I guess visited like Pratt. And then I like went to SAIC and I was like, saw a few. I'm going to go here. And did you apply to RISD? I got waitlisted. Sorry. So, sorry but you know, what I learned, I think it, RISD yep. was a little bit straighter. So Yeah, I mean, RISD reeks of heterosexuality as far as I know. Um, I, I mean, I know a lot of gay guys who went to RISD, but... Even though I still felt in college there was, like, my very good friend and the snare of the pod, Lauren, but, like, I was always like, where are the lesbians? Like, it took me a while to find them. Well, you f- but then you did find them, and they're in Andersonville, and they're... Yeah, and they're all, like, old. They're old, and they have cats, and <laughs> yeah, they're like, renting out their basement to disabled cats. There was, like, and... one... Things are, it's like there was one old, like, gay night. Oh, wait, what was it called? Don't tell me. It's not Pieces. Close, though. It has that same sound to it. Oh, it's it's so regional gay party, and it's called. Uh, <laughs> Our Chicago fans are we're losing them by the oh second. Oh my god, they're we running love for you, the Chicago. Door. No, it's called pa- parts like like. Oh, you're so close. Oh uh, no, go back to pieces. Pieces, pa- uh, the sisses. Oh, uh, say- shapes, faces. Uh, stars. This is like another different. I feel like that's a store in Northampton. Um, oh. Fuck. Oh. Uh, fuck. I don't know it. Chances. Give me a hint. Chances. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. There's more gay stuff now, clearly. <laughs> no, and I, now it's like every... I mean, if you are under 18, like, you are fully poly and queer. Yeah. Everyone's bi. So this is, like, another section where I felt like Sarah was kind of being a, a very observant writer. And I was like, oh, wow, I actually relate to that moment. And that's kind of an interesting... We're Sarah stands over here. Yeah. <laughs> Big Sarah stands. Um, so she's in this girl's bedroom that she has a crush on that she's seen at a rave in downtown Calorie. Calorie. <laughs> Calorie. <laughs> Calorie. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, diet brain um, <laughs> that she's seen in downtown Calgary. And she, like thought is hot but like doesn't know how to talk to okay zoe's eyes dripped from my face her attention slipping through my fingers was it possible to have a crush on someone when you were supposed to love someone else because she's like still in love with her other friend Naomi. sitting underneath the window in zoe's bedroom i memorized each detail she was tidy it seemed she'd had the same bed since childhood the wood was worn and scuffed at the corners her bookshelf was filled with bob marley and bjork cds There was a single photograph of her at the dance competition on the wall near her bed. Her eyes were rubbed black with mascara, her frozen body in a sculptural pose. I tried not to stare for too long at anything and forced my eyes to move from object to object calmly. And I, you know, I do, I think that actually is quite a little beautiful moment that she describes there of like 
pretending that you're not like observing things like so harshly and oh kind of being my like, God. Yeah, I'm just hanging out in your room and I'm not just like studying this one photograph of you at a dance competition and like burning it into my memory. I was really like all of high school is like making sure you don't like look like you're noticing when look you look like are you're noticing, noticing the because the biggest insult in high school was you have way too much time on your hands. Oh my god, <laughs> so true. And that's like the worst along with being called like uh ew, that's being staring at me if if you were like really interested in something or like said something too detailed someone could just be like whoa, you have like way, way too, too much, much time, time on your hands. hands. Yeah. And it's like, and you're like, oh my god, no! no I'm like, this caring just... is like actually like only for losers. Yeah, you all, everyone has to act like you just don't care, like whatever. Um, and it also kind of, I, I, I related to, I guess, Zoe in this because I was like, oh, like I've been in a piano competition. Then I was like, why are there no photos of me at piano competitions? It's just like, why wasn't I proud of that part of my life, and why did I try to hide it? Mm, why did you? Mm. Um, I mean, I, I didn't really ever like win a competition or anything. So, so you didn't have the trophies. No. Up. I'm I wasn't sure I, like, so horse girl with so many ribbons. AKA my sister, who had like all of her horse ribbons. Uh, you know, my mother, I think, still has a horse. I mean, horse girls, they they be keeping the ribbons. My mom has a box of her like 1960s yeah. horse ribbons. A horse girl isn't something you grow out of. No. Um, I also just want to talk before we go to the segments about like their lyrics that are like so insane and just like all so like get out of my room. Yeah, it was just like she wasn't at school today. I'm <laughs> yeah. mad at her. When are you coming home? Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Fuck you. It's like okay. Now that I remember, of course, we'll pull out my diary one time for this pod. But I had so many song lyrics, and, and, um, and they never made it. They never made it. I mean, now maybe I should put them to music. I had a song that it was trying to be so punk. And like that was called Mr. Politician's Son. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it kind of a fuck you? Yeah, like... it was like f- a fuck you to if you were like a rich politician's son. Hell yeah! And so I was like, truth to power. Yeah, and I was like, you're just Mr. Politician's Son. Like your dad was elected, so like you're just rich or whatever. It's like <laughs> okay. And it's like, whoops, was I talking about the Kennedys? Were you kind of? Yeah, I mean, I mean, even though you, but like, I'm like Kennedy. I know. I mean, I wonder, was that you kind of listening to like English punk of the 80s? Yeah, like that was anti Thatcher. And it was like anti Thatcher like, or just like, right, like anti, like, you know, rich, rich little boys that got to, right. you know, be in parliament. Yeah, I think that was just me trying to copy other punk lyrics and just sure, like, you that, were giving it all and listen, like, you didn't even work for it. That's how it starts. I started doing comedy, you know what I mean? We were copying yeah. Peretti. We were just doing what we liked. Dane you know? Cook, man, Louis. Louis. Fucking just like I was just doing straight Louis sets word for word because I didn't have my own material. But you st- you find your groove. It's just like how Tegan and Sarah were copying the hand movements they saw Kurt and Courtney doing on mu- music, whatever the like Canadian I mean, MTV they keep referring to, like music. CM two were like yeah. But then their lyrics did get so I was like, oh my god, I can't believe you're exposing like how raw because it would just be like them like I look at you like you don't want me, but then behind closed doors like you kiss me like I feel like it was really putting all of their like sexy girl on girl stuff on blast. I'm saying that takes. Bravery. No, it takes a lot of bravery to come out and reference sex between two women. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. Thanks for coming.
gentlemen to Garage Wars. Up next is a local band, The Segments. And next up on KCRW, it's the all-new punk band coming out of the underground, The Segments. How, How does, does she, she live? live? What, what does she, she wear? Where does what she, she go? Wear? Wear. Um, okay. <laughs> okay, so. They wear like Jinkos and whatever the early 2000s. Right, but, but now, like, they're so, I'm like, sure they're so hardcore. Sockonies. It's Sockonies, skinnies, top leather jacket, buttoned Members up, only, printed. Still. I was looking at their merch, and, like, it's all these, like, oversized sweatshirts that say twin. Stop. <laughs> and then one that's, like, a pocket tee uh, seat. I'm sorry, that is, like, Absolute lobotomy level. What? <laughs> just like twin, that's, that's it. Twin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yep, you are. I, yeah, I mean, were, did they have a Paul Frank face? No, I think it was like, they say that's like, it was like Bugle Boy. Okay. I mean, what's also weird is I read some article with them and they were talking about how like, they're being so like, oh, my style was so bad in like high school and being so embarrassed by it. And it's like your high school, like Hesher style of like. Was way more of an actual style than just being like. Just being like cropped leather jacket. Jacket, like so Elward Gen it's so Gen so Q. So Gen Q like fully Cole's back to school lesbian. Well, like, I have to say I to bring up my famous haircut again that I got recently, I almost didn't when we didn't get a haircut because Steven, you sent me a Tegan and Sarah TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, So this is your hair? And this is what I'm saying, and that's why I didn't invite you to shows, because you bullied me. Okay, that is, there's a difference between bullying and guidance. Well, and I didn't get that haircut. I didn't get the TV. No, you didn't. And it. it was a good guardrail. It was. No, it, it absolutely, <laughs> but you sent me that, and I was like, I'm just, this is so embarrassing. Like, I'm not even just going to, I'm not even going to get a haircut. Like, No, but you found the specificity in the vocab yes. and the references that you needed to get the haircut that empowered you. Exactly, no, and that's why I praise you also for sending me that photo to kind of steer me. Thank you. So I say, you know, yes, it's a bullying, but I needed it. It's a steer. It's a bully steer. A bully steer. What do they eat? I mean, now I just bet they're like so juice and like vegan and like, but like also (laughs) making... You know, like, I'm sure I'm going to get accused of regionalism again, like, by our fan base. But, like, I don't just feel like Canada is not a a country where the people are really (laughs) that into food. Well, but now they're, like, famous and, like, rock stars, so... I just don't think that, like... Canadians tend to grow up. I mean, even like what grew up in Montreal, you're like, I love poutine. It's like cool. Like, like black seed bagels, but they're not Montrealian. Yeah, they're not Montrealian. They're all Calgary. Yeah, it's mostly Calgarian. they're talking about like, yeah, I mean, in the book, they eat like chicken nuggets, tortines, and like pizza. And now, I mean, they are like pretty thin. I feel like. They're like going like to they're, just like they're going a to a brewery, healthy... a microbrewery with other lesbians, and they're having three sliders in their fall. Yeah, done. <laughs> and then at home, it's like a fun salad. And I think like when they are in a relationship, they're making a complex Indian meal. Yes, once. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and just being like, oh, so much fun. Um, Emmy and I made tikka masala. We made chapatis. And and someone's like, oh. Oh, how do they live? How do they live? Um, I mean, I watched some of right their TikToks. It seems like kind of like ski. It's like I don't want to say ski condo, but it is this Canadian. I'm getting get this Canadian vibe where it's like it's minimalist. It's huge sectional, but like there's not. There's a lot. There's space. There's dimension, but it's not so full of like kooky objet. I feel like they're not like such like Cambridge crunchy collectors. No, like, it seems a little more sterile. I think like. There's definitely, like, a room with all their platinum records. Mm. I'm sure they have some random art that's kind of pop art-esque. 
I mean, they have like some framed, like cool graphic work from like another cool artist that they know. Yes. Yeah. One of them does have like insane, insanely cute Scottish Fold cats, which are like $3,000. So. Oh, and they're from just like an exclusive cattery. Yeah. I bet they also have like chic. I've lately been thinking that Scottish Folds are so fucking cute. Yeah, they're the cutest. And they always are literally that emoji. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like they have like minimal like cat chic cattery stuff. Right. Okay, so they have like they have that Scandinavian litter box that you enter through the top and it's just like so minimal in wood. Um, who are you in the book? This is kind of hard because I was like maybe I'm Tegan, but, like, maybe I'm just Bruce, their stepdad who, like, is always blasting Bruce Springsteen and turning his shirts into muscle shirts. But, like, I, I mean, that he's an inspiration for he's you. He's more of a style icon, and I think I'm one There's of the Tegan and Sarah's. There's a difference between someone and yes. being inspired by their style, or it's like, wow, <laughs> you're not, like, spending so many years building a model home. And, like, <laughs> no. and I don't, like, work at a, a factory and, like, in saying, Calgary. And, like, calling Kurt Cobain a faggot or whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like you're Tegan in some ways, but I guess you weren't fake dating a guy. No, so maybe I'm more Sarah, but Sarah, they both fake dated a guy. I guess I'm... I mean, you do, honestly, like, in some ways, like, your middle school self does look like them. Yeah, I know. They have this, like, long brunette hair. And they're in, like, a big, like, funky tee or, like, a metal tee, and then they do a choker necklace. So, I mean, I think I'm a mix of them. Like, I don't think I was as get out of my room, but... Okay, no, I actually think I'm Sarah... I think I'm Sarah because I feel like she was earlier knowing she was gay and like yes. having so many crushes. Yes, done. done. And you, hello, she is so writing notes and you were so keeping a crazy diary. Right, and I'm stuffing them in chairs and yeah. I was always like having and them on And you were like forgetting paper. where you left your paper and you're still, I'm still finding random notebooks of yours in like <laughs> yes. random corners. Like you are a mad scrawler. <laughs> and like maybe I want people to find those scrawls. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the desire. That's the rooted desire. Leaving them out. Beneath the hiding. Okay, I am... Uh, I mean, I kind of think you're Naomi. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait, of course I've been Yeah, hello. You go I'm to Montreal. I'm so abroad. I'm going yeah. to Montreal. I mean, like, actually, I have a boyfriend. <laughs> and you're, like, <laughs> sending photos and being like, yeah, we, like, slept together. Can we say? But you're also, yeah. like, she's always like, Naomi was so good at studying and articulate. And, like, you are a nerd. And, like, you did get A's. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like, and yes. And I'm so SATs. And Naomi was always, like, mad at her when she did drugs, which was so you in high school. also so me, and I was actually freaking out at all my friends being just like, you are going to be unemployed. (laughs) Stop smoking weed. It's disgusting. Favorite quote of Stephen ever when I smoked weed um, with his brother when we were in high school. And Stephen goes, you basement living girlfriend not having loser. (laughs) (laughs) So I was pretty cringe. In wow, those so days, I guess you like we're say. hooking up, right? Because you're Sarah and I'm Naomi, right? But now we're still best friends, even though we're not hooking up anymore. But so yeah, I'm glad I'm not. I'm also glad that I'm not because I was worried that I might be um, the drama teacher. She describes as like really a feat, and like everyone like <laughs> spread rumors about his sexuality, and he did nothing to dispel them. And then he also like kind of helped her out when she like cried because someone like was being a- oh, there's that one bullying scene, right, where someone was calling someone like saying, like, all gay people get AIDS. Right. And he was, like, kind of comforting them, but also... 
but he was protecting himself. No, you're not that quiet gay trauma teacher. Thank you. Yeah. You're the, like, girl beyond. Because didn't also Naomi, like, put the moves on Sarah first? She did. Yeah. When they were in bed. A little aggressor. Yeah. I maybe I do make the move. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like coy and I don't. Well then you're not maybe then I mean, I'm... I'm so biting a lip and like making him make the move. That's my whole thing. Is leaning like forward but away. That's my move. And then I'm like, wait, like fuck, like I love Naomi, but like why am I so into this raver? Right. And you're <laughs> and leaving me for I'm this like leaving. shaved head raver. <laughs> <laughs> Things that'll never happen. <laughs> Wish. And that's us. Yeah, I mean, I give this book like three out of five cassette tapes. I feel like it is a young adult novel. It's like more, I don't know, I I didn't like... Three out of five. I'm just saying like I didn't get anything that I want out of a memoir. I didn't get anything about their rise to fame. I didn't get anything about the music industry. Okay, but you're talking memoir? I didn't get any gossip. I didn't, I like... It was full of gossip. Gossip about their like... Gossip about their their like interpersonal like teen relationships with their friends. Like not like... Not like gossip about like becoming like famous or like the music industry. Well, and or, like... here you have it. You know, it's just like you're the gay guy and you're looking for gossip about, you know, like Coachella. And I was like literally stealing off like to not talk to people to read this. My head was buried. I was right. like, I literally felt talking about it. I was like, am I ready to talk about my diary today? Like I was just really taken. I give it like 4.5 maple leaves out of five maple leaves. Wow. I was obsessed. I was page Huge discrepancy in the celebrity book club world. Um, uh, but I, I mean, to that point, it's like, how much are you willing to project, you know, your experience onto the book? And that's how much you can take away. And, you know, I think very fittingly, the cover of the book is, is a, a mirror. Is a mirror. She didn't even talk about. So, and it's kind of a twisted mirror. Yeah. But, you know, this, right, this is not your and normal. you can literally see your reflection in the cover. Ma'am, this is much more of a queer YA. But this is also better than, I feel like, a lot of other random queer YA stuff that is like shitty. I guess I haven't really read a lot of queer YA so I can't speak to that. This also makes sense because you like don't like novels and you like don't, I you're, hate you novels. I hate <laughs> fiction. And this like is much more of reads like a fiction book so. I Well actually as I've said the only way I'll read fiction if it involves like spies murder detectives politics like you'll and read, you'll read and about, sex Yeah and, but it has like, to be but if it is fiction it has to be like if this was a book about Two gay boy twins. But no, not even, no. That, oh, I come still, on. No, I would need some other intrigue, level of intrigue. And like, they were twins and they were like fucking their no friends? There's no sex in this yes, book. Yes, there is. They are fucking in the shower. There is that one scene where she says, we made each other feel good. Okay, no, Stephen. I want okay, dicks. No, I, I want penetration. She always is talking about it. She's like, yeah. And She's then like, just, you touched my place. It's no, like, it's too it's Have too an chaste. imagination. That's what I'm saying, no. This is why, and this is, go back to why I hate They're fiction. They're always sneaking off. They make you do all the work. I don't want to sit there and imagine like okay, what a vagina sorry, is in my I head. have an I imagination. Want, I want you to tell me what things are. I want you to say the fold okay, of her so lips. They're closing up. The, the door. They're the, locking the, the door. The, they're going the, the away. They're dripped like, down her pussy. I was four fingers in. She was writhing. You know what I mean? Like, I like, guess sorry. I, I could imagine that they were four fingers in when they locked the door in their Alberta lake house and they were like, we're going to bed. And then her and Alex were draping their legs over each other. It's like they were. I'm see, I'm sitting there going, I don't know. They're Canadian lesbians in their parents' room. Maybe there's no fingers in. Maybe they're just fully in mittens and they're just rubbing. <laughs> they're in mittens. 
All right. Well, you know what? Make your own freaking decision of <laughs> yeah. whether you want to read this or not. Um, um, yeah. Ultimately, <laughs> like, life is about free fucking will. Yeah. And just like you can go to Mark Jacobs and not read it and have no imagination. <laughs> or you could like maybe think or, yeah, for once and go thrift shopping. To, like, come up with shit that's in a book and you actually just want to go like watch a TV show or a movie or make music. Thank you. Actually, go out and why don't you fucking record a song and contribute something to the world rather than just fucking consuming. Wow. I'm going to go home to my electric guitar, Jealous. Uh, no, because... With your piano. Uh, actually, because I have an electric fucking keyboard that has hundreds of sounds on it. <laughs> okay, next week... We are reading none other than Boston Celtics legend... Kevin Garnett! Hell fucking yeah, my hero brought rings to fucking Boston for the first time. Flags! I mean, not the first time. But okay, but a, we a got lot, a lot of rings recently. A lot of rings a recently. Lot of score, a lot Recent of points. Rings. A lot of baskets and hoops. He is the object of every woman's desire. Also, in uncut gems, maybe you heard of it. Yeah, and also this is this is a hot new release. It comes out tomorrow. We don't have any of the books in our hands. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I'm sorry. Is it pegged to St. Patty's Day? Maybe it is. Oh yeah. New Pints. stuff. We're gonna be. I'm gonna bring so much green beer over here. Oh, remember that St. Patty's Day we went to that weird political brunch at like 9 a.m. and got so wasted? Save that for... Okay. <laughs> save that, save that. Okay, <laughs> okay best friend. Uh, amazing best. time. Amazing time. Uh, see you in Toronto. Yep. Best. I have a show. Bye, best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects and HeadGum. The show is produced by Meg Murnane. She drives me fucking crazy. I don't know why. With editorial support from Andrew Parsons and Leon fucking Nafok. Shit. He broke my heart. Engineering by Ferris Manchi. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks. His shit is amazing. You have to check it out. Chips and Y. Follow us on Twitter at CBC The Pod. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends about us. That was a HeadGum Podcast. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.